Hello and welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we will be discussing spoilers. Here's your warning. I'm Ashley. Alex. <laughs> we're Higgy. <laughs> this is where we are right now in our lives, in our consciousness. We're reusing old Higgy. Yes, well, there's only so much Higgy. To go around. Yes. Especially we, in these times. In these times. Well, I can't use my new Higa because it's in the, the lobby of our apartment it's place. locked up in the office. I tell you. I tell you. I'm I'm just so... But you know what? We're still getting Higa. We're using, <laughs> we're using a nice Ikea candle, the bergamot one. We like it. Yep. It's in a lovely dark glass jar thing. It's warm enough outside, even though it's gross outside, that we don't have to have the heat on. Right, but it's drizzly. It's here. Yeah. We got our tea. We got our rink tink tink on the roof. Love the noise. It's a good sound. What's happening? We're trying our best. That's what's happening. <laughs> Sounds good. Tell me your five minute masters. T- tell it. Tell to it me. to me now. I already told it to you a little. Tell bit. Tell it to me for real now. <laughs> So, um, I've been continuing my adventures in the Queer Encyclopedia of Visual Arts, written or edited by Claude J. Summers. Um, and one fun person... Written and or edited. Well, it, I was saying it written, but then I saw the edited. Yeah. Thing, so. I don't know. It's like a lot of pulling Scholarly together. work. Yeah. Everything's citation. So. Right. It's, I mean, it's an encyclopedia. Exactly. You don't write those. They exist and then just... You just... Pull them Will out of the them ether. into being. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hans von Marais? What did you say earlier it was? Marais? Marais? I don't know. Hans von Marais, 1837 to 1887. Great. Great times. Good years. <laughs> Good years. Uh, German-born painter. Um, so he's fun for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Um Tell me some of them. He was born in Germany. Fun. Um, and he was rich. Also very fun. Or his family was rich. And so he was able to go to, to Italy and other places and study painting. He's one of those. He's one of those. Um, while in Italy, he um, met and became enamored with Adolf Hildebrand. I was a little worried for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Adolf, what? <laughs> yeah. I did just watch Inglorious Bastards last night, you realize. <laughs> I mean, you know history. It's I did not know like history. He just, like, it's just Hitler. It's just a concerning. <laughs> You're like, sound. He, he's a German already. I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know. I gave you his dates of living, too. I know, but I didn't listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have either. <laughs> Um, so they were boyfriend artists. Um, Hildebrand was a German sculptor and architect. Um, they did, together did, uh, like, sculpt- sculptures for Zoologica of Naples, in Naples? That's, mm-hmm. that's Zione, Zoologica? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so they did, uh, five large frescoes together. Oh, how romantic. I know. Five frescoes is a couple. It's beautiful. Yes. Um, two of the frescoes depict Neapolitan boatmen. Uh, in the first um, 
which is titled Fisherman Setting Off. That's the English translation. All of these have German titles, of, of course. course. Uh, Off Brunch de Fischer. I'm sure that's how it's pronounced. Exactly. I'm fluent. Fluent <laughs> German. Um, depicts uh, six burly men, three of them nude, and the others wearing only shorts, launching a boat. That's how you launch a boat, you that's know. That's how you launch a boat. I mean, that's just... Yeah. Ask any boatman. <laughs> He'll tell you. <laughs> Um, the second one, which is Das Boot, mm-hmm. um, shows five men energetically rowing a boat that transports a bored-looking woman <laughs> who's paying no attention. Right. Well, she's bored because they're all gay. Yes. <laughs> um, and then there's also, uh, they also did other frescoes titled, uh, one's, uh, the, the German. I'm not going to do it. It's cool. <laughs> uh, but they're about orange groves. They're nice. Like, uh, orchard things. Lovely. Orchard um, but I'm just going to just read the description in this book because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, two women in cont- contemporary dress are sitting on a bench conversing. Uh, the most prominent figure in... Oh, well, that's just a, two women. But the other, the other painting is uh, a nude young man plucking an orange from a tree. Sexy. Very. Um, lots of nudes. I mean, that's what this book's about. Nudes. <laughs> nudes. I mean, don't feel bad about taking nudes in 2020. Yeah, they've They're been doing it for all of time. They've been doing it for all of time. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's literally the highest form of art. Nudes. <laughs> it's, um, it's wonderful. But the fun story about these two. Mm-hmm. Uh... They moved to Florence, and they remained in Florence for two years after these these collaborations. Mm-hmm. Um, their romantic relationship ended when Hildebrand, the um, the sculptor, not the painter, so uh, fell in love with and married Irene Copel. Hmm. Yes, a woman. A woman. A woman. Um, Von Marier. Uh, depicted the end of his romance with Hildebrand in a drawing, which is titled Die Frauer Schweissen die Breiden Manner. Uh, the Woman Between Two Men. Mm. And I had to look it up because, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a breakup portrait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's literally, as I've tweeted and described, it's the guy turning his head away mm. from his girlfriend to look at another woman meme, but switched right so it's a it's, it's a woman and looking over at a different guy yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very good it's very good it's the exact meme yeah except for one of them's in a loincloth which just makes it better it just makes it better um but not all is lost um after von marier died in 1887 um Years later, Hildebrand designed a museum and built uh, in Munich in his memory. Oh, I know. Great love for the ages. Yeah. Wonderful. That's fun. I like that. So it's like, yeah, like epic breakups in history, but also <laughs> museums. Very fun. All right. You were excited about this one. I'm going to tell you about something extremely stupid. <laughs> okay. I'm listening. And his name is Herbert Illich. Okay. Okay. So this was a Bavarian gentleman born in 1947. He, 
fancies himself a um, a scholar. Mm-hmm. I love these idiot scholars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So he's, you know, been a, a journal editor. He's published a journal, Zeitensprunge. He's Bavarian. Uh, and he is a... Um, he 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 was active in an association dedicated to Emanuel Velikovsky, who, as just a sidebar, Russian independent scholar, who wrote a number of books reinterpreting the events of history. Particularly, these men were um, catastrophists who believed, among other things, that the world has been shaped, the, the, the globe has been shaped not by gradual events of geology, but by acute catastrophes. That made it into a sphere. And that, you know, made different important features oh, okay. and moved the land right. around. So like the, somebody the geology the is earth. not gradual, but, right. but severe. So somebody punched one side of the earth and the other side ever shot up. Right, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So you you see where we're landing already, as far as um, adherence to accepted scientific scholarship. Mm-hmm. Now Illig, he proposed in 1991 <laughs> that. Oh, this is recent. <laughs> yes. In 19. So this theory is in as the old. Year of our birth. Yes, this is as old as we are. He basically proposed that the Holy Roman Emperor Otto III, Pope Sylvester II, and possibly Byzantine Emperor Constantine VII fabricated the Anno Domini dating system retrospectively in order to place them at the auspicious year of AD 1000, basically creating a phantom timeline of 297 years. This is the phantom timeline hypothesis. <laughs> he believes that the years from 614 through 911 were made up. <laughs> okay. So here's his um here's the basis of his hypothesis. I'm just going to tell you them, and then I'm going to talk about them. (laughs) So, firstly, there's sort of, there is the recognized scarcity of archaeological evidence between those years. Uh, Not a whole lot of artifacts exist, and most of our uh, historical evidence of the period comes from written documents. Uh, there is a significant presence of Romanesque architecture in 10th century Western Europe, which suggests to Illig that the Roman era was not as long ago as conventionally thought. Okay. And the big one is the relation between the Julian calendar, the Gregorian calendar, and the underlying astronomical solar actual year. Um, so the Julian calendar was introduced by Julius Caesar, um, and it was long known to have basically a discrepancy from the astronomical solar year of around one day for each century, because it's hard <laughs> to do a real calendar. That's why we have a leap year. Yeah. Um, 
Now, by the time the Gregorian calendar was introduced in 1582, um, Illig says that there should have been a discrepancy of 13 days between the Julian calendar and the real astrological year. Um, instead, uh, Pope Gregory the 13th, uh, astronomers and mathematicians found that the calendar only needed to be adjusted by about 10 days, which means three days equaling approximately 300 years that to Illig are unaccounted for. Where did those years go? Okay. <laughs> I have some questions. Yeah. Uh, and, and perhaps they will be answered here. If you have further questions, you may ask them at the end of the presentation. So the the biggest, the, the, the easiest way to refute this is astronomy, ancient astronomy. We have records of when different astrological events did happen, and we know astronomically when they should have happened, and everything lines up hunky-dory. These things happened as reported by people who should have seen yeah, them. Yeah, the math has been checked. It's checked. You know, uh, Halley's Comet... It, 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 uh, eclipses, like, they all happened when they were supposed to happen based on our current astronomical, astrological knowledge. Astronomical knowledge, not astrological. Astrology has nothing to do with this. Um, now, it's true that there is not a lot of archaeological uh, artifacts from that period, but they do still exist. <laughs> like, Dendrochronology is pretty good, and uh, there's stuff. There is yeah, they were just more into books because books were new. Right, well, and just, like, shit is hard to keep around. Like, this was a period of time where a lot of stuff was made out of wood. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Because they're poor. And they're just trying stuff out. It's fine. It's not uh, like they were the Egyptians. The Egyptians did yeah. everything super permanent. Yes. <laughs> there just stuff wasn't as permanent during that period. But there is still stuff from that 300-year period. Now, here's the thing about the calendars. When they were instituting the Gregorian calendar, it was never meant to bring the calendar in line with the Julian calendar as it existed at the time of its institution in 45 BC, but as it had existed in 325, the time of the Council of Nicaea, which among other things, was the, when they established uh, determining the date of Easter Sunday by fixing the vernal equinox on March 21st. So, there they are. There's the, <laughs> there's the 300 years. Like, it's not... It just... No, it, like, it wasn't... Also... Trying to fix for those years. My question. Yeah. How did he get from three days to three years? Well, because it's it's three days for every century. Oh, okay. That would got be it, missing. Got it, got it, got it. Yep. Yeah. W one day for every 100 years would be lost. Yeah. And, and so know, if there's just, if there's three checked. days that they aren't accounting for, that means 300 years that they aren't accounting for. Mm -hmm. But they weren't trying to in any way. It, it, it was for the Council of Nicaea. So sorry, Illig. Maybe you need to do um, do a little more homework on or that pick one. Pick a different study field. Yeah, and the thing is, this is what he studies. Like he also he's a historical revisionist who like also published some shit. Um, 
about like ancient Egypt, which scholars were immediately like, no, no, you're super like this one was kind of under discussion, which is wild. Um, but since like 1997, it's just been like, no, <laughs> uh, he has written about it since then, of though, course. like as of like 2013, he's yeah, I'm still sure was... he has at least he's probably interviewed on a third of all ancient alien episodes, <laughs> possibly. But the 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 most humorous and obvious um, way of refuting this whole idea is the rest of planet Earth and human civilization. Does he think that, like, the, you know, the Islamic world was in on this conspiracy? The, you know, the African world? The fucking Tang dynasty just was made up? Like, no, China wasn't in on this plot to invent Charlemagne. Like... (laughs) Uh uh-uh they didn't do that yeah that would be insane like the world cannot sustain that level even just the conspiracy of these these three people in play is preposterous but to imagine that the whole fucking i mean and that's what it is he just doesn't actually give a shit about the tong dynasty it didn't factor in to his considerations for this. It, it's, it, the Western world is the only thing that exists. Yep. Um, so that's the phantom time hypothesis and how fucking stupid this guy is. I mean, okay. I'm not going to be the devil's advocate. Because there's nothing. There's nothing. But earlier today, we were discussing quantum mechanics. Yes. And it feels a bit like that. <laughs> I mean, to, to, to our level of knowledge, it feels a bit like that. I mean, I guess, but basically what he's saying is these guys were like, you know what, it would be way cooler if it was the year 1000. Let's just say it yeah. is. Oh and no, it's, it's batshit, but it's also like, people that don't know better would believe it. Because they're, boy, there's a lot of things that you have to just not know about in order to think. Like, or not care. I, like, it's... Yep, it's, yep. Mm-hmm. Boy, it boggles the mind that people... And, like, this guy's, like, purporting himself as a real scholar. Like, how does he have an academic career? Tenure. <laughs> I don't understand. And, like, there... The sad thing is there are people who, like, find this and they're like, Wow, what? Mm-hmm. And they want to believe in it. Yeah. People are just searching so hard for some big some mystery. New, they want to be involved in the cool new thing. Or the hidden mystery that what they don't want you to know. And it's like, no. Like this whole uh, official release of the UFO footage. It's like, you realize that footage has been available for like three years now, right? And also, do you know what the phrase UFO stands the, the, for? They don't mean... Flying saucer. They don't case. mean alien craft. They mean unidentified flying object. If there's something flying and you're not sure what it is, it's a UFO. Like, it's they're, they're just saying, like, here's some weird footage of stuff that we didn't figure out. <laughs> that, that's all. Like, yep. It's so, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. But it's and less it's, interesting and than it's, people it's think it is. Fun. You it's know, fun. it's fun to play a game and imagine what if there are great mysteries in the world and I'm smart enough to figure them out. Me on my Twitter account. But the thing is, what they really don't want you to notice is that you're being exploited at all times. <laughs> That's the that's the real global conspiracy is to subjugate and exploit lower classes. 
That's as that's as much as there is. That's a perfect interlude to Future Man. Let's talk about Future Man. <laughs> so, what happened was I needed to kill some time and perhaps had been drinking. <laughs> I think, yes, I had had a bottle. Well, you bought a very big bottle of wine. And I had to defeat it. You had to. Um, and I think you and Will went to dinner or to the grocery store or something. Yeah, we were out. Um, and I was like, hey, look, Future Man, that's always on there. I like Josh Hutcherson. Hit, hit play. Three episodes later, I'm like, this is the craziest shit I've ever seen. So let's, why don't you, um, describe the premise, especially since I did miss the first couple okay. episodes. Okay. So the premise is Josh. Yeah. The main character, Josh, played by Josh Hutcherson. It's fine. Josh is a very common name. Um... Is living with his parents. He's 20-something. Mm-hmm. He works as a janitor at a... Science facility. A science facility that is trying to find the cure for herpes. Noble. Noble. Um, and he is very close to being this, this video game that nobody else really plays anymore. This, this big video game. This big video game. And everybody's like, just give up. You're never going to beat that final level. It's impossible. It's just a, you know, one of those things. You'll never, no one's going to beat it. You can't beat it. And he keeps talking about it at work and yada, yada, yada. And people are like, you're dumb. And then he's like, or, or the, the hint in the game is you have everything you need. He's like, oh, okay. So he takes off all of his armor and guns Mm -hmm. and he just like slips on through the last level. And he's like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. And then he... Is visited by two people from the future. Yes. Upon beating the game, two people arrive from the future. There's some more lewd conduct involved in this scene, but I, I will keep it out. We don't need... I mean, it's just it's just for humor. It's for humor. It's this very funny, is, but you will be disgusted. This show is extremely raunchy. Yes. Extremely there raunchy. There are tits. There are dicks. There are dicks. Most of them fake. But there are but dicks. But they're just whole dicks. Whole dicks. Yeah. Yes. You don't see that often. You don't, especially on a television show, but it's an internet television show. Yeah. Provided by Hulu, which is now owned by Disney. So thanks for those dicks, Disney. <laughs> so anyway, he is basically, in beating this video game, he he's has- proven that he's the perfect warrior. To save the future. Yes. It's a little, it's a little bit Terminator. That's the thing about the show. It's, it's, it's a, a little, little bit everything. It's a little bit of everything. It's a little bit Terminator. At one point, it gets very Back to the Future. Yep. Uh, basically, all of the dystopian and time travel science fiction stories all sort of smashed together with some lewd comedy. <laughs> it's very lewd. It is, and really, and also just like gnarly. Like it's just really violent. Really violent. Really just nasty. Just super nasty. <laughs> and at first it was just kind of like, ah. Oh, okay, this like, is a dumb show to watch. It's dumb. It's amusing. Sometimes it's a little too much. Mm-hmm. And then. And then it There's turned, character development. It turned into something we didn't expect. It, it went a little shit's creek. <laughs> it went. Where we started to care a little started bit. Started to care. So the characters that come from the future are Tiger and Wolf. and Wolf, a woman and a man, respectively. Um, and they're, you know, these hardened soldiers who are all that's left of their squad. And, and they are lucky if on a day they get to eat a rat. Yes, in the future everyone eats rats. It's, you know, it's just over the top, gritty, dark 
dystopian future stuff. Um, they're just super mean, super hard. But through the episodes, we see Wolf kind of enjoying these more plentiful and peaceful times. Yes, he learns to cook. And it turns out he's an extremely talented, perhaps the most talented chef. He's He loves cooking. He loves food. Uh, and, okay, so do we want to just jump to the episode that sort of changed it all? Sure. Because, you know, obviously there's a lot of time travel going on in this show. It starts off slow at first. They stick around in the main timeline until they fuck things up too much. Right. And then they're like, uh-oh, let's go. They end up having to go to the 80s. And yes. this is Back to the Future. Yes. We meet Josh's parents as young people. Mm-hmm. And we don't really need to talk about just how far they take the Back to the Future. <laughs> but it's a Back to the Future. Juice. Juice. Uh, but... Wolf thrives. He is made for the 80s. He loves it here. He plays some very homoerotic volleyball. Yep. Mm -hmm. He is living his best life and he goes to a Corey Hart concert. <laughs> and it is at this time that he decides he's done with the mission and he's going to stay in the 80s. Where he can live and thrive. Yes. And Tiger tries to talk him out of this. Via violence. Yes. Um, she kicks his ass and he says, I'm not I'm not coming back to the mission. You either kill me. Or you let me stay. Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not changing my mind. And it's left a little ambiguous at the end of the episode, but she ends up just leaving him there yeah. in the 80s. And they go and they can um, Josh and Tiger go to try to continue the mission. Yes. So they uh, reroute this sort of villain of the show, uh, reroute his path. Yes, they end up... <laughs> okay, this is, the, this is what happened that made us realize this show was doing something kind of special. Yes. Um... Josh Hutcherson taking lewd photos of himself in women's, in women's lingerie in order to trick the villain's wife into thinking he's cheating on her. So that they break up and they and he ch goes change to live his life. His peaceful life with his person with he's cheating his, yes, on. Yes, because he does have a secret lover. Yes. And so Leslie. they wanna they wanna make they wanna Make his wife suspicious of his affair so to that they push him along. to push him along on a different path in his life. Yes, uh, yeah. Through through a, a, a wild comedy of errors, Josh Hutcherson ends up having to stage some sexy photos himself. That's where the comedy of errors starts. That's the beginning. <laughs> he looks great. He looks so good. Red lipstick. Well, he puts on the red lipstick in order to do the kiss oh, on the, the kiss, envelope. Yes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's got fishnets, bustier, the whole whole nine yards he's mm -hmm. looking fantastic we couldn't believe our eyes <laughs> that this was happening um and then you know wild comedy of errors people start coming home turns out uh the doctor is uh he's cheating on his wife with a man with a man and they have raucous sex on the bed above the hiding josh hutcherson um the wife comes home turns out that she knew that he was sort of 
philandering or, or at least wanted to and so she, for a birthday surprise she's hired a prostitute for him and she's like no nah, I'm gonna keep control of my marriage I'm gonna be in charge of his sex life even if he doesn't want to have sex with me it's wild yes players keep entering yeah it's it's the funniest <laughs> sequence i've seen in a really long time yes. like it's what it just keeps building and keeps going and they just drop these little seeds every moment it's like wait what wait what like it is it's phenomenal yes. television y'all mm -hmm. this episode is killer yeah uh after all of this we don't need to go through every detail of it we'd forget it and it's more fun to just watch experience they do end up uh convincing Mm -hmm. Well, Josh ends up convincing Dr. K uh, to go off with his lover. Yes. Um, and they think, oh, good. We've, yeah. we've, but he, he gave him too much proof that he was from the future to him, convince him. He told him about the future stuff, which he wasn't supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Which has inevitably... Time, time travel 101. Yeah. You don't tell people you're a time traveler. So... Um, this, this, this will end up being a problem. Um, after thinking that all is well and they've diverted this, they've stopped this apocalypse that would be brought on by this man's science. They go back to the, Josh's present day. And they've and accelerated They've it. accelerated it. So something went wrong. And Josh admits that he told Dr. K about everything. Yeah. And so... Tiger decides he's off the team. She's going to go back to when he was born and murder him as an infant. Which is what she wanted to do in the first place. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> now we go back to Wolf. Yes. Wolf is living his life in the 80s. Reinventing cuisine. Yes. He's become a celebrity chef who... Well, because his whole thing is he, he appreciates these good things more than anyone because he has been without for yeah. so long. Mm -hmm. He's come from the so worst future. He provides the experience to these people of going without and then being able to enjoy what so he So he abducts people and makes them believe they're going to die and then provides them with five-star cuisine. <laughs> and it is a huge success. Uh -huh. He ends up a celebrity chef, uh, you know, famous people come to his restaurant. I'm not sure how it works. It doesn't matter how it, it works. Doesn't it doesn't matter how it works. But all in all, he gets hooked on cocaine. He get he becomes just a coke fiend. Um, this with his buddy Blaze. Blaze, <laughs> I love Blaze. Uh, but you know, he ends up kind of hitting rock bottom. He goes berserk. He he comes up with a Thunderdome style. Um, cage fighting Whereas if, event. If you defeat the other person you, in a cage match... You win you, an Italian white truffle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but then the... They're people, not they taking figure, it seriously. Yeah, they, take, they figure a way around it. They, they just... Yeah. No one... He realizes that no one can really understand what he's been through. Yeah. At least no one from this timeline. Yeah. And he realizes that the one person who really had any ability to understand him was Tiger. Mm -hmm. And he left her. Yep. And it's so sad. 
um, this cop that's been chasing them so, through okay. time. So the first time traveling they do with Josh is they go to the 60s. I think it's the 60s. Yeah. Uh, or the 70s to try and stop Dr. K from getting herpes so that he's not wanting to, to cure herpes. Cure. So he did, his science is not yes. the same. Um, and so they, they kill a c- cop's partner because they're from the future and they're rampaging. Um, and so now he, he... This cop has a vendetta. He has a vendetta because he has to go to the the family's home and tell the uh-huh. partner or tell the partner's wife that uh, he, he died. died. And there's this hilarious scene where she's pregnant with twins mm-hmm. and then all the family members... Because it's right. like a big this Hispanic is, family, right? And this is how they they do the, the comedy. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely the pile on. It's like you think it's gonna be bad, and then it just keeps getting worse and worse and yes. worse and worse and harder and harder and harder and harder. Like mm-hmm. that's the comedy of this show. It's just like how much? No, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. So anyway, this, this cop, cop remembers, and he he sees like a newspaper article about. Wolf, who's now going by the name Corey Wolfhart. (laughs) (laughs) After his hero, Corey Hart. And then he hunts him down. He hunts him down because he's like, that's the same guy. And it's like, it doesn't really make sense that he's still this young. But he hunts him down and Wolf is, you know, at the end of his rope. He's He's lost everything. He's like, fine, kill me. He leaves a, Wolf leaves a an audio message for Tiger to find if she ever comes back to the sewer that they've been based in. Uh, and, of course, now I think we have to jump over to what Tiger's been What Tiger's been, been doing. Because Tiger went back to... The f- 50s, 40s or 50s? The, yeah, I think it's the... I think it's like the, the early 50s. Yeah. Um, because I think that... So, so, she goes and finds Dr. K's childhood home um, at the time that he is a baby. Yes. And meets his mother, who is the sweetest, most darling woman. Most trusting. Most trusting, single, widowed, black woman in the early 50s. And Whose husband lost his lost legs his legs and then died in the service and then yeah all and then got got tuberculosis oh, yeah. and died <laughs> um but yeah like, like you know tiger standing out in the rain and this one was like oh honey what are you doing out there come here on come in. on in I'll, I'll put on some tea like she's just like immediately like the kindest woman mm-hmm. and and like She's just like, it's just too much. And then also the thing about Tiger is she's recently... Obsessed. She's recently met a baby. Met babies for the first time. There are no babies in the future. And so she loves babies. (laughs) Because they're useless and so chubby. Yes. It's so funny because she's just like this just hard, (laughs) badass woman, but she fucking loves babies. And so like, you know, the, this, this woman is telling her just this story about her husband and how her baby doesn't have a daddy, Mm -hmm. but you know, and, but she's just so sweet and, and kind and she's not, she's not put down about Mm -hmm. it. She's, you know, and she's like, Oh, here, can you hold him while I go get the tea? And she's just like holding this baby. And she's Mm -hmm. like, Oh shit. I'll kill you. I'll kill kill you. you I'll kill you tomorrow. One, One year, year later, <laughs> Tiger has been living with them for a year. She's basically become like this woman's platonic 
domestic life partner. Mm -hmm. She's raised this little boy for a year now, and she's She's... completely gone native. Yes, yes. It's fantastic. She's got her hair up in the, like, victory Is this section the black and white section, too? Is it in black and white? There's a, there's a small section of her in the 50s that's black and white. Uh-huh. I think it's this this section after the first year, but before the breakup mm. um, is in black and white to make it sort of feel like safe and quaint. We're and... back in the actual 50s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she just fucking loves this little kid mm-hmm. and this woman and they're just living a life together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's wonderful. I, she's she's taken on the like slang of the like mid-century <laughs> South. So she's wearing this gingham dress. It's fantastic. And everything's perfect and she'd probably stay there forever but dr k's mother eliza's mother has met a man and is going to get married yeah and, and she's just, like you have to go on your own you, it's time for you to go and live your own life we, she's like no i'm gonna come with you yeah she thinks she's gonna come with her and she's like no i'm gonna have a family now and you need to go and live your own life with your own family with your own family and she's been searching for family too because she sent in her dna to get tested to see if there was anybody in Josh's time period that she was related to. Some ancestor. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, And this makes Tiger realize that her family is Wolf. Yeah. And that she has to go and find him again. Mm Mm-hmm. Ah, so it's like, this show has just been like, explosions and dicks like up to this point there's an episode <laughs> you know what we'll get the, the james cameron one. Oh, you know what? we didn't yeah we you, you talk about the james cameron so there's an episode where they go just a little bit to the future to find the fuel for their time machine because they were running out turns out james cameron found it at the bottom of the ocean they have to go to his compound it- in the the that's why it's near future. We learned this is why the, this element is called Cameronium. Yes, because <laughs> it was found by James Cameron. <laughs> and so they're, one of his deep sea expeditions. They're in James Cameron's high tech compound with this Alexa esque voice, the AI AI thing. Uh, running the the show, and they're pretending to be some kid of somebody that he knows, mm-hmm. some famous person, um, and. So they're trying to find this compound and she's the the AI is like trying to figure it out or whatever and stop them. But it's just filled with like James Cameron put downs and references. Yeah. Wolf learns Navi. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> and also like turns the AI like against but, its creator. Well, more like Sympathizes. sympathizes with the AI and becomes an ally. Yeah. You know, he doesn't turn her against James Cameron. They just become friends. <laughs> and every time she says J- James Cameron's name, she has to put um, uh, something ahead of it. Like, it was something like cinematic genius James Cameron <laughs> or something. <laughs> or like homicidal maniac James Cameron. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's a very funny one-off episode. Um, but... So yeah, they're back reunited as family. Yeah, so what happens is at the moment, so uh, Tiger goes and finds the message from Wolf mm-hmm. in 2017. Yep. Realizes that she needs to go back to that moment to find him. And at that moment that she goes back to, that is when the the the, the officer, the policeman, mm-hmm. is about 
you know, to like arrest Wolf or something, and Wolf is trying to goad him into killing yeah. him, because mm-hmm. um, he's messed up and a, and just like a total junkie and and like yeah. a wreck, and his, he thinks that there's nothing for him because he he left behind the one person who could ever understand him. Yeah. At that moment, she shows up. Uh, Scratches. Claws him in the face. <laughs> the second time. Yes. Um, and they escape back to... 2017. 2017. Um, but their time travel machine device gets broken. Shot. It gets shot yeah. just this, as they're sort of escaping. So they make it, but when they arrive, the machine is broken. Um, but they're reunited and they are changed as mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And this is when it gets like really, yeah, like lovely. Like it's still the same raunchy ass oh, yeah. show, but the way that these characters have changed is like remarkable. Mm-hmm. So in this timeline that they, since they've changed everything, Josh is named Juice. Is named Juice because that's the name that he back to the future himself. Uh, <laughs> And he is a pro gamer. Yep. And he's very wealthy. And very lonely. And just a total dick. Yeah. He's a total dick. He's put his parents in a shitty nursing home mm-hmm. um, and claimed the family home for himself. His his friends are now his employees. Um, he's basically got no real friends. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's just shilling a, a, an energy drink. At first, Josh thinks this is a very cool life for him. He sees mm-hmm. everything that he has. He, you know, he feels like he's very successful and popular. But, you know, the cracks start to show as he realizes, like, oh, this is all hollow. Yeah. This isn't real. Um, and during all of this, um, he's trying to get uh, Wolf off of cocaine. Oh, yeah. He's, he's having sort of a train spotting in Josh's room. <laughs> As he's being haunted by the mistakes of his past as he's coming down from his coke. Mm -hmm. Um, What is Tiger doing? So Tiger goes off. I don't remember. Maybe. Oh. Recon. This is when she. Right. She goes and finds the guy who works at the science facility. Oh, yes. She seduces. She seduces him with her. Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment. who Who works. For Dr. K. Um, but she seduces him with her folksy charm that she now has. She, t- he, you know, his, his like food spills all over the ground when he's trying to go home. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> she rips the bag. She, yeah, well, she rips the bag. He doesn't realize that she's done this. She's knifed his bag and his food's all, all spilled. And she offers to cook him a meal mm-hmm. and so she goes to his home and cooks Gets all the information from yes him. she's she's just being very charming and this is a new tiger because mm-hmm. normally she's a like you know threaten you with a knife kind of person or a scorpion in your privates yes that's no, that's been her tactic up till now but now <laughs> she's being very charming and nice she's cooking him hop and john <laughs> i love hop and john by the way uh and just sort of getting him to sort of spill his secrets. And mixing many martinis. Yes. She's getting him a little bit drunk and just being nice to him. Mm-hmm. And he's a very lonely guy. And so it's working really, really well. So she gets the recon sort of from him. Uh, and Josh is realizing that this version of himself is an asshole. And then 
in his bathroom, he runs into this timeline's juice. Where they have a naked, naked fight confrontation. Now, the thing about time travel is when you time travel with other people. Well, okay. okay. So it's a little more complicated yes. than that. You missed it. They were using unrefined Cameronium. Which is unstable. Unstable. So you start mixing up bits. Yes. So like, Wolf has a scar that ends up on a different part of his body. And sometimes you like, switch parts with the others that you are traveling so with. So Josh has Wolf's penis. Yes. Which is very large. They've traded penises. Yes. And it is, okay, when, when we say very large, it's like... Okay, so, okay, so they're, they're prosthetics. Yeah, I think, honestly, it was CG. I'm not sure. It looked, it looked too fake to be a prosthetic. Either way. Either way, it's, okay, when we, but when we when say When we say large, large it so Jush's penis is actually, like, pretty sizable itself. It's reasonable. And then Josh's wolf. Penis. It's it's comical. It's impossibly large. Especially because Josh Hutcherson is not tall. He's, he's five four. He, no, he's not. Sorry, he's five seven. <laughs> I tweeted about it. I know. That's how I knew that that was not right. Uh, the, I mean, it's like it's it's absurd. It's yeah. it's it's physically impossible. This penis, and you just watch them fight in the nude. New Josh Hutchison versus New Josh Hutchison. And every Hutchison. time you're like, okay, they showed it once or twice. They They're won't not show gonna, us again. Nope. They're cropping. Nope. Nope. It's, they don't avoid it. <laughs> um, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yes. It's, I can't believe they did that to us. I can't either. Uh, and I also love that Jush has like a nipple ring. And like <laughs> yeah, and tattoos and stuff. Uh, he's trashy. And he kills uh, him. And, well, yeah. So they fight. Jush slips, hits his head on the shower and dies. Um, and, and, and so this means that Josh is Has, free to slip into this life if yeah. he wants to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that's sort of the most, we don't need to go through every detail from this point. They end up, you know, storming the, this, the science facility. They, they bring back some of their comrades who in this timeline are still alive. Um, but things went a little differently. And so only a couple of them survived. Um, but this is when the sort of clash happens because we're bringing in two other people from this awful who future haven't grown. who haven't grown. They're, they're still, these people are the way that Wolf and Tiger were in the beginning. And we're seeing the conflict between them where mm-hmm. Dingo is like, well, let's just kill him as a baby. And Tiger's like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> I won't let sees, you. She, she sees that she has a locket of them and like... And and so like, it's it's just a really wonderful story of people discovering why life is worth living. Mm-hmm. Like, what 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 would you save the world for? Yeah. What's the point in saving the world if there's no humanity in humankind yeah. anymore? And Josh goes through like multiple stages. Almost every time travel they do, he's like. I'm out. Like I, this he is, keeps I'm not trying to. I'm yeah, he's like, no, I can't this. do this anymore. This is this is awful. This is hard. I'm not the guy for yeah. this. And then by the end of the finale of the first season, he's like, no, I'm the only one that can do this. I, there's a reason why you came to me. 
this this I am suited for this task and he ends up saving the day the exact way that he did it in the video game which mm -hmm. is great uh but but what is really compelling to me is this idea of you know at what cost can you save the future like yeah. it, what what is humankind without its humanity yeah and tiger sort of discovers oh if i'm going to be doing something that's completely like inhumane and basically makes me the enemy i may as well be a monster like i may as well be a, a, biotic, a biotic is what the, yeah. the 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 sort of they're you know they're the they're the the terminators yeah. of this world. um and she discovers her humanity she discovers her humanity and it's so cute um when because because josh gets the idea oh in this timeline no one has beat the video game i didn't do it mm -hmm. this version of me didn't do it so but i know i can so i'm gonna beat the game and bring this timeline's future people as backup as backup so that we can actually accomplish this mission and so as he's like in his cool oh, yeah. house beating this game like Wolf is like cooking this beautiful spread. He's like, oh, they're coming. So they're I better, gonna be they're going to be hungry. So he's like cooking this wonderful <laughs> meal for them. Meanwhile, Tiger's like tidying up the place and like hydrating, taking, just taking care of everybody. Like they've become people. A family. They've too. become a family of humans in a way that, you know, these people had completely been deprived of their humanity. Mm -hmm. And now they're just like, working together domestically and it's so sweet yeah. it's so sweet you know they're like equal partners in taking care of this kid and it's it's wonderful yeah. it's really sweet i love it <laughs> it makes me extremely happy to see mm -hmm. uh and i was like oh shit this show is about something and it's fucking funny and it's stupid you don't have to think hard you don't but you you can think about yeah. it if you want to yeah. And that's what we love. That's what this show, that's what literary merit is for. Shows that don't require you to think hard. You can. Stories you can that don't make you think deeper. hard. But they're worth thinking about. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's the moment where I, it sort of all clicked for me yeah. what was what was happening mm -hmm. here. Uh, it's, it's great. It's we'll great. have to see what happens in season two. Yes, we just finished season one and I'm real, I'm real happy about it. Um, well, golly, we've been talking for a while, but we did want to talk about something else. And I feel yes. like we ought to at, at least, least a little, at least a little, because the, uh, the occasion, the occasion when this episode is dropping, it is May the 4th, which is Star Wars Day. You thought we forgot, but we didn't forget. AKA Disney tricks you into tweeting the hashtag and therefore signing your soul away day. Yes. <laughs> but a podcast ain't a hashtag. Uh, we, but we, we, in this house, we love Star Wars. A and lot. we have to talk a little about Star Wars on this Star Wars day. And boy, the thing that's happening in Star Wars right now, the big thing, yeah. the best thing, is Clone Wars. It's, it's Clone Wars, y'all. The finale season, the finale of the final season of Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the television show. So as of now, 11 episodes of this final season are out, out of probably 12 or probably 13. 12 so the penultimate likely uh we don't know we could probably look this up but we're not going to look it up no <laughs> um <laughs> that's but not it, on brand no we don't 
No, unless we were doing a five minute match. We're arguing it. about it. And then we'll do a cursory <laughs> Google, but we don't need to. It's fine. We feel that this is the penultimate episode yes. that is out at this time. And it, at this point, we have arrived at, at Order 66. 66. The show is now intersecting with the films very directly. And very... I can't even have a word for it. It's... It, I was screaming. And the thing is, <laughs> and it's and it's such a sh- it's such a shame to them. <laughs> this was so much more compelling than oh, yeah. the depiction of Order sixty six in the prequels. Like, like it was like sad in the prequels because they have the sad music. But this, but you really feel it, and it's you know it's a little bit like when Order sixty six happened in the video game. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yes, in uh, um, yes. The video game. The video game that we probably did an episode on. We talked about it for sure. Uh, I don't know why I can't think of it. It's a first person perspective it, of it, it this rather it, than a galactic. It makes it personal. Yes. And it and it matters so much more because we know, you know, we are told. We're we, like, we know it's bad. It's Jedi die. We know that all the Jedi die. But we are seeing our friends being hunted. We're seeing these characters that we care about. It's not just a parade of nameless Jedi. And it's also... In the the movies, we don't care about we don't give a shit about the clones. No, and but we do in this. The clones are friends yes. in this series, and so and they're see, also struggling with their humanity. Yes, it's it's kind of <laughs> why because just before Order sixty six was called Rex Rex, who is like the cl- one of the clone commanders, <laughs> he he confides in Ahsoka that the clones struggle with sort of the existential quandary of, you know, he he recognizes that war can be terrible and that there are a lot of people that wish this war hadn't happened, but if the war hadn't happened... I wouldn't exist. The clones wouldn't be alive. So they owe their lives to this conflict. And Ahsoka says, well, maybe something good came of it then. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's this really wonderful moment between friends. And it's like... And the pressure, that whole scene is so mounting. Because we're on the bridge of the um, prequel era Star Destroyers. Mm-hmm. But we're it, seeing it has it. a little bit of a different vibe to it. Either the lighting or they've actually started changing things. It's becoming, it's becoming the, Empire. the Empire. Everybody's in dark gray. Yeah. The, the bridge looks black like they it's it looks like an empire ship and the music in like leading up to and in these scenes is it's, like it's scary it's different from regular it's not star, star wars, wars music. but that's why i like it it's very moody it's, it's very, very moody. ominous and and sort of yeah i i likened it to um uh blade runner mhm mhm yeah that that just sort of like yeah, the ominous, unsettling. unsettling. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, but just so the, you know, Ahsoka and Rex are friends and comrades, mm-hmm. and then this order is called, and he cannot help himself, and he is fighting it. He is fighting yeah, it. He gives her a hint, even though he's literally programmed to murder her. Yeah, and so he he through just pushing, he manages to give her a fighting chance of getting away as they're all coming after her. Mm-hmm. And it's so heartbreaking because you see her like, why is this happening? Yeah. Why are my friends doing this? And she's it's scary. And of course, she realizes something's being done to them because yeah. they wouldn't. And she senses too. She senses Anakin's turn. Mm-hmm. She hears it. Oh, yeah. That part's great where you hear like the echoes of that moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also <laughs> when we're on, we're in the 
count the Jedi Council meeting mm-hmm. where they're discussing Anakin. Mm-hmm. Seeing it from another angle, it was so trippy. Mm-hmm. It's really good stuff. It's like humanizing these moments that felt a little sterile. Yes. Uh, I just, it's so, and man, Ahsoka is such a great character and I'm so happy that she's become like the main character of the Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course it's the, it's the only kind of character who could because she's not a Jedi and she's not a Sith. Yeah. She's a, she's a gray Jedi, so to speak. Yeah. Um, she, she disagrees with the Jedi way, but she's... She is a good person. She's committed to doing what's right. And that's not what the Jedi always do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's wonderful. And I think this is all building up to her joining the the Mandalorian. Yeah. Um, And which I'm just, I'm real, I, we've talked, you and I, in, in our private lives about our apprehensions yes about this and about the casting in particular not because rosario dawson wouldn't do well i think she will but we if you know what's going on with rosario dawson's life at this time yeah it's troubling it is it's troubling and so it's it's hard to get excited hard yeah hard to about our favorite fucking character i know (laughs) and most people's favorite character this might at this point like, yeah. she's what links the Mandalorian to anything else. Yeah. You know, I feel like there may be some folks out there who aren't familiar. If they, you know, if you haven't watched Clone Wars, you may not know who Ahsoka Tano is. If you haven't watched Clone Wars, you're not a Star Wars fan. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I will die on this hill. <laughs> no gatekeeping, Alex. It, it's, it's been around for right. nearly a decade. <laughs> right. But if you've only seen the films you're That's if you true. like star wars you're a star wars fan and i, I will know. not I, count I'm being dramatic. you I'm being are dramatic. but if you are a star wars fan you should watch clone wars i would if you aren't the type of person that can sit through seven seasons of something look up a list of the crucial episodes. crucial episodes it'll yeah. make it easier but most of the episodes are really good season one's a bit rough because it starts off a little too kiddish uh-huh. It gets intense and good. This, this final season is gorgeous, it's too. It's really well animated, and it gets... Okay, okay, I just had to say. It gets so fucking messed up at certain points. Okay, so in order to get away from the clones... <laughs> um, now, on this Star Destroyer, um, they have captive Darth Maul. Darth Maul's alive. Um, and he's sort of Ahsoka Tano's nemesis in this series. Mm-hmm. And she decides that in order to... Um, cause a distraction in order to escape she's going to release them release all. Darth Maul and he's like hey are we gonna work together and she's like absolutely fucking not he's like at least give me a fighting chance give me one of your two lightsabers and she's like bye I am not rooting for you it's fantastic <laughs> and it's like he doesn't fucking need it no he doesn't and we are and that's what I want to talk <laughs> I know, about I know. so it, the scene reminded me a lot of Darth Vader at the end oh, of Rogue you're One so right down the hallway so the clones are coming after him and he's just Ripping panels off the wall, just using them as shields, throwing them and decapitating clones. This is a children's show. <laughs> these clones are being decapitated. Okay, these aren't droids. Like, we know these characters. We've grown to understand and care about the clones. In fact, many of these clones, because they were just on a mission with Ahsoka, painted their helmets to look like her face. Like, these are f- these are friends, and, and now... They are enemies, and now Darth Maul is tearing through them. 
And at the, so there's the, it, it's, it's, honestly, I think it, it, a little bit better than Darth Vader in, in yes. Rogue One because of the way that it ends. So that he's, you know, kind of got them on their heels. They're running through a closing blast door. Blast door. Which has like the, it's like the a double, aperture. yeah, aperture kind of door. And he's force pulling this clone's arm through the hole. <laughs> And it closes on the arm and cuts his arm off and we see it fall on the ground. And he's done this because that's where his radio is. And he hears like the orders Mm -hmm. being called and stuff on it. What? (laughs) It's the most that shit. I couldn't believe it when it was happening. I thought, you know, the last second the clone would pull his arm through. He doesn't. He doesn't. His arm is cut off. It's really good, y'all. Okay. Also, the part that made me yell. Ahsoka has gotten Rex alone with the help of some friendly droids. And she has him in the med bay trying to deactivate the chip in her in his head. Yeah, right. They've they've rendered him unconscious and she's trying to fix him. Yes. And the science isn't working. They can't find the chip. They're trying to scan him with the scanner. They can't find the chip. She's like, there is a chip. I know there's a chip. And what does she say? She says... I am one with the force. The force is with me. I am one with the force. The force is with I me. I shouted. He screamed. Uh, yeah. She's like got her hands on his face. And then in his unconsciousness, he starts saying it with her. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful because moment. Because the force is in both of them, even if he's not a Jedi. And then they find the chip. They find the chip. And they get it out of his head. And then he's Rex again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful episode. Um, really exciting. It it like it made me care about this shit that I didn't really. It's like, of course, sort of. I I, I understand its importance, yeah. but it didn't matter to me in the way that it should have at the time. Mm-hmm. But seeing it from Ahsoka's perspective, seeing her lose her friends, like that's what. Is compelling. And it's also just incredible how much is going on when we think, oh, it's just Anakin's turning. It's like, no, there's actually Ahsoka, like, having a war on Mandalore mm-hmm. orchestrated by Darth Maul. And, like, if you're into the Mandalorian, watch Clone Wars because this will inform a lot of the shit oh, yes. that they reference in Mandalorian. Yeah, you want to know about that black lightsaber? Watch the Clone Wars. That's, That's where it first showed up. That's where it comes up. from, y'all. <laughs> the darksaber. And, like, the 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 destruction of Mandalore. Like, mm-hmm. all of that shit is Clone Wars shit. Yep. Uh, it's good stuff. This and Rebels. Rebels, too. Rebels, too. Rebels is also good. Uh, and Ahsoka is briefly in that as well. In oh, the she's, most... she's very in it for uh, some of it. Yeah. She's she's not like a, a, a recurring character exactly, but she shows up. And she's so good. I, 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 I gotta say, okay. So again, we still haven't said who she is. Ahsoka Tano is the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. She's so cool. And there's this amazing scene in Rebels. When she faces him as Darth Vader. Oh, fuck. It's for the first time. Okay. okay. So, A, she has white lightsabers because, of course. It's the coolest thing. You've never seen anything like it. And this is Darth Vader. Darth Vader, not Anakin. Darth Vader Full at the height of his power. Darth Vader. Hunting Jedi. Mm-hmm. And she faces him. And he says, 
I killed, basically he tells her, I killed Anakin Skywalker. And then she's And like, she says, then I'm going to avenge his death. Yeah. <sighs> and just a fight it's, it's an intense fight. And you only find out much later, like a season or two later, that both of them almost lost. Mm-hmm. And she only gets out because of time travel. Time travel. There's time travel in Star Wars now, y'all. Just so you know, that is there now. It's a little cooler than than just like a time machine. Right. It's very forcey, warcy. Yeah. Sort of time walking. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But that that's now in play. Yeah, and 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 where where we see Ahsoka pre Mandalorian by probably six six or seven years or no we see her after the fall of the empire mm-hmm. in the very end of uh rebels so that's where we're sort of closest she's to Mandalorian. looking for the main character of rebels who she believes is still alive with her ezra. mandalorian friend uh-huh. who is also ezra's friend i forget her name because i didn't pay enough attention to rebels <laughs> uh, sabine sabine yeah sabine wren uh, yes she's, yeah yeah um so we're going to see Sabine, obviously. Oh, do you think? Oh, we have to. Do you think Sabine's going to show up in Mandalorian? You, ha- she has. She's a Mandalorian, A. I know. And B, she's with Ahsoka. I know. I just, I guess it hadn't occurred to me because since they did announce Ahsoka being there, I feel like they would also announce if Sabine they was. They might have, but unless... it might just not have been as big of a deal for maybe. The, or the maybe they're trying to make it a surprise. And then are we going to see? Um him too him Ezra Ezra yeah yeah like are they gonna find Ezra I kind of hope they don't because he kind of went to like a no return place (laughs) yeah and also it's like that's not really what the Mandalorian is about right I mean okay so Ahsoka showing up because the Darksaber showed up like that's for sure how this is intersecting right like I don't think Mando can deal with a Darksaber no he doesn't know what he's dealing with he needs a Jedi not a Jedi. Not a Jedi. She's not a Jedi. <laughs> Just like in the good place. <laughs> no, not, not a girl. A Je- not a Jedi. <laughs> That's Ahsoka. Not a Jedi. Uh, love it. Yes. So y'all, y'all, get on it. Get on it. It's all on Disney Plus. It's all on Disney Plus. You haven't, and like, this is a great time to get in because it's like, this is it. Yeah. This is it. So, you know, you know, you know what you're in for. Yeah. You don't have to wait for another season. Mm-hmm. Rebels is done. This is, next week is the last episode of, of Clone, Wars. Clone Wars. What do you think they're going to do now? I mean, because. They've got some really shitty animated shows yeah, but ongoing like, right now. With how good. With like good, the Resistance or whatever. Yeah, with how good Clone Wars has gotten though. Like they can't just like. I think, so the lead for Rebels and Clone Wars is Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. He's basically in charge of star wars at this point um because nobody else knows what the fuck they're doing at least like in the sort of um grand tertiary tertiary yes um i think he's gonna be um much more on the front lines of the mandalorian at this point you think he's um obviously he's not directing it Mm -hmm. as far as i know um i mean because yeah favreau's still like running the show yes but i think dave filoni's like really running the show he's at least like collaborating yeah um either that or he'll i know they're trying to do like the old republic sort of era mm. sort of thing at fun. least in the the literature is what they're trying to do they're like mm. gearing up with a lot of different types of writers from different backgrounds different mm-hmm. 
Well, because at like this that. point, they we want have... to tell more variety of stories. I just don't think they're going to the right place to tell that story. I don't want to, I don't really give a shit about the old Republic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At this point, all of the, the, the prequel era stuff, all the gaps have been filled in. Yeah. We know everything that happened in that time. Uh, so, and, and Rebels gives us most of what happened during the Empire. During the Empire. And now Mandalorian is picking up after the original trilogy. In between. In between that and the new trilogy. Yeah. So the only place to go is before and after. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, filling in all of that stuff right. between the fall of the Empire and the rise of the First Order. Yeah. Uh, so that's sort of the, that's the land that we're working in now. And that's why, that's where Ahsoka's showing up now. Yeah, because she's the most important. She is. We gotta know what happened to her. Because, okay, her voice was heard by Rey Mm -hmm. in Rise of Skywalker during her big be with me moment. Because even though she's not a Jedi, she is a significant part of the Force. She is. And the question is... Is she alive then? Is she alive? Because none of the other voices, as far as we know, are alive. Yes. They, sh- they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be unless we've been tricked. <laughs> yes. And th- yeah, there'd be a lot of questions. Yeah. She's the only one who is potentially alive, really. Yeah. I don't want her to die. I don't either. But maybe it's a good become one with the force type of thing that she'll get. Yeah. And I mean, she'd be quite old. Yeah. But so is everybody else. <laughs> yeah. But and she's also a different alien. So yeah. Because she she's, be you know... Because how old would she have been when Luke was born? She would have been a young woman. Yeah, she would probably be 20. Around there. No, no. she Luke Luke is born like in two days from where we are, are in the show. Uh-huh. So, so she's probably like 17. She's 17. So she'd be old at that point. Yeah. But not like impossibly old. Yeah. Old, significantly older than Luke, but yeah. still... And she's a different... Yeah, race. who knows how the... I mean, we, <laughs> but we do see her grow up throughout yeah. Clone Wars, and she seems to age like a human does. Yes. Because we, we meet her first as but a... But Jedi yeah. also live long lives, longer lives, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, it makes sense, but... Just not in the movies because actors age. <laughs> yes. Uh... So, at the point of Rise of Skywalker, Ahsoka would have been an old woman. Yeah. Maybe alive, maybe not. We'll find out. Or maybe. maybe maybe she became some cool part of the Force. There's a lot of really weird cool parts of the Force in the extended material. Mm-hmm. Like the the big ape thing. What's that thing called? Oh, the... the ba- not, I want to say the Babadook. No, but it's like the, the Bantu or something. Oh, yeah. The Bantu. Um, he's very cool. Yeah, very he's cool. like the sort of the neutral point of the Force. Mm-hmm. He's a and big girl. There's also... The the father, the daughter, and the son. Uh-huh. Or maybe it's the father, the mother, and the... Uh, I don't remember. Anyway. Rebels they're, gets they're really the good, weird. They're the good, the bad, and the middle. Yeah. Um, but there's some there's weird stuff in Clone Wars, too. Yeah. Like, I just like happen- Anakin gets told what he becomes, and then he forgets it. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's a whole thing. So, things are great in Clone Wars, and it, it just... It, Makes it feel important again. It does. Especially because you get to be like, it's that, uh, the meme from, uh, the Hollywood movie. (laughs) Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the pointing meme. Oh, yeah. 
It's that. It's that. Yeah. Because you're like, hey, hey. <laughs> I know that. I know that. <laughs> That's know from that. a movie I watched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That whole episode. You're like, it's the, oh, it's, the, and then the, who? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh. I think also, listeners, if you're excited for, I know it's been postponed, but potentially if you're excited for an Obi-Wan uh, mm-hmm. show, you have to watch Clone Wars because you realize that he had uh, a woman that he loved and that was really complex for him. Yes. Um, and she's named after Satine from Moulin Rouge because yes. Ewan McGregor played Obi-Wan Kenobi. So there's that funny Easter egg. Yeah. And she's awesome. She's very cool. And also it com- she's Mandalorian. So like, get the fuck on it. Yeah, it's fun times. Yeah, if you like the Mandalorians, they're all up in here. They're all over the place. There's so many Mandos, and they're cool, and a lot of them are women. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. All right, we're done talking about that now. <laughs> Do you have a recommendation today? <sighs> Let's look for our recommendations. I... I do have a recommendation. I'm begrudgingly recommending this because I didn't think I would like it. And I... Okay. So I... Dua Lipa. (laughs) Dua Lipa. So I didn't give a shit about Dua Lipa for years because she was just one of those people that was on the periphery. Just like Mm -hmm, trying to... Just some pop star. Like just trying to be somebody and always at the the award shows. And I was like... I'm like, who is this? And Mm -hmm. they're always like, it's Dua Lipa. I'm like, who is that? I don't know anything about this Dua Lipa. But she has an album that's out and it's really good. I've been listening to it in the car, on the way to work, on the way home from work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know who Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa is now and I regret it. You regret knowing or you regret not knowing till now? I regret that I have to know. Oh, so this is an anti-recommendation? I don't know. You listen to listen to the album. Discover it for yourself. It's good. I think I think I'm just saying that I hate being wrong. Uh, <laughs> I see. I see. Uh, well, my recommendation is Jack Saint's new video. Um, he's a video essayist left tuber. If you are not familiar, he's super funny. He's the guy who made the video about how Sky High is about fascist eugenics. <laughs> and it is. Um, and he did it again <laughs> with Cars 2. <laughs> Cars 2 is also about eugenics. <laughs> It's a very entertaining but smart video about, and it's just one hundred percent our brand, right? Yeah. Um, cause yeah, turns out he's he's like, listen, I didn't notice for a long time because I can't pay attention to this movie. I forget <laughs> everything that happened in the middle of the film. I wouldn't even be able to tell you a single fact about Cars too. Yeah. Well, watch the video and you'll see how yes, it is actually about eugenics and it's really really terrible. <laughs> Um, also I gotta do, I gotta do a little plug for me. Um, cause Quarantino cast is, uh, very fun and exciting. Leonora and I have been putting it out for the last couple of weeks. Um, it's going to be a 10 week long mini series. Each episode is about a different Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, the, at this point, 
The first three episodes are out. That means Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown was great. I was in Pulp Fiction episode. He was. It was a fun time. It got real raucous. Uh, It was Alex's first time seeing the film, so that was very fun. Um, This week, as of when this episode comes out, um, Wednesday is Kill Bill Part 1. We got real into it. Alex can attest. We It's a long one, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. We're having such a great time rediscovering how actually very, very good Quentin Tarantino's movies are. Um, get in. Get on it. Uh, it's on Anchor, like Literary Merit. It's on Google podcasts it's on spotify Spotify and stitcher i'm trying to get more platforms but those are the ones that you can get it on right now uh check it out because i think if you like this show if you like literary merit quarantino cast is like that but a little more focused (laughs) and and twice as long twice as long (laughs) um but it's been a real fun ride and i think i think people will enjoy it so that's that. Let's be done. Yes. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Alright, that's our that's our vibe. Keep going. <laughs> um uh you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please read and subscribe. Some more nerds can find us. We appreciate it. And it really makes a difference. I didn't expect you to up the game. <laughs> yeah. You you don't think I'm going to yes and you, son? Check us out on Twitter at LitMeritPod for updates and news. It's like ASMR, like, sports announcer. I know. And thanks to Jonathan Colton for the use of our theme song, Fraud, from his album, Artificial Heart. Until next time, remember... No No guilty guilty pleasures. pleasures.